Story number nine of Aunt Joe's Scrap Bag, Volume Six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gloria Begaman. Aunt Joe's Scrap Bag, Volume Six by louisa may alcott story number nine the whale's story freddie sat thinking on the seat under the trees it was a wide white seat about four feet long sloping from the sides to the middle something like a swing and was not only comfortable but curious for it was made of a whale's bone Freddy often sat there and thought about it, for he was very much interested in it, and nobody could tell him anything of it except that it had been there a long time. Poor old whale, I wonder how you got here, where you came from, and if you were a good and happy creature while you lived, said Freddy, patting the old bone with his little hand it gave a great creak and a sudden gust of air stirred the trees as if some monster groaned and sighed then freddie heard a strange voice very loud yet cracked and queer as if someone tried to talk with a broken jaw freddie ahoy called the big voice i'll tell you all about it for you are the only person who ever pitied me or cared to know anything about me why can you talk asked freddy very much astonished and a little frightened of course i can for this is a part of my jawbone i should talk better if my whole mouth was here but i'm afraid my voice would then be so loud you wouldn't be able to hear it i don't think anyone but you would understand me anyway it isn't everyone that can you know but you are a thoughtful little chap with a lively fancy as well as a kind heart so you shall hear my story thank you i should like it very much if you would please to speak a little lower and not sigh for your voice almost stuns me and your breath nearly blows me away said freddie i'll try but it's hard to suit my tone to such a mite or to help groaning when i think of my sad fate though i deserve it perhaps said the bone more gently were you a naughty whale asked freddie i was proud very proud and foolish and so i suffered for it i dare say you know a good deal about us i see you reading often and you seem a sensible child no i haven't read about you yet and i only know that you are the biggest fish there is replied freddie the bone creaked and shook as if it was laughing and said in a tone that showed it hadn't got over its pride yet you're wrong there my dear we are not fishes at all those stupid mortals have called us so for a long time 
we can't live without air. We have warm red blood and we don't lay eggs. So we are not fishes. We certainly are the biggest creatures in the sea and out of it. Why, bless you, some of us are nearly a hundred feet long. Our tails alone are fifteen or twenty feet wide. The biggest of us weigh five hundred thousand pounds and have in them the fat, bone, and muscle of a thousand cattle. The lower jaw of one of my family made an arch large enough for a man on horseback to ride under easily, and my cousins of the sperm family usually yield eighty barrels of oil. Gracious me, what monsters you are, cried Freddy, taking a long breath while his eyes got bigger and bigger as he listened. Ah, you may well say so. We are a very wonderful and interesting family. All our branches are famous in one way or another. Finbacks, sperms, and rights are the largest. Then come the norwals, the dolphins, and porpoises, which last, I dare say, you've seen. Yes, but tell me about the big ones, please. Which were you? cried Freddy. I was a right whale from Greenland. The sperms live in warm places, but to us the torrid zone is like a sea of fire and we don't pass it. Our cousins do, and go to the East Indies by way of the North Pole, which is more than your famous Perrys and Franklins could do. I don't know about that, but I'd like to hear what you eat and how you live and why you came here, said Freddy, who thought the whale rather inclined to boast. Well, we haven't got any teeth, our branch of the family, and we live on creatures so small that you could only see them with a microscope. Yes, you may stare, but it's true, my dear. The roofs of our mouths are made of whalebone in broad pieces, from six to eight feet long, arranged one against the other, so they make an immense sieve. The tongue, which makes about five barrels of oil, lies below, like a cushion of white satin. When we want to feed, we rush through the water, which is full of the little things we eat, and catch them in our sieve, spurting the water through two holes in our heads. Then we collect the food with our tongue and swallow it, for though we are so big, our throats are small. We roam about in the ocean, leaping and floating, feeding and spouting, flying from our enemies, or fighting bravely to defend our young ones. Have you got any enemies? I shouldn't think you could have. You are so large, said Freddy. But we have, and many too, three who attack us in the water, and several more that men use against us. The killer, the swordfish, 
and the thrasher trouble us at home the killer fastens to us and won't be shaken off till he has worried us to death the swordfish stabs us with his sword and the thrasher whips us to death with his own slender but strong and heavy body then men harpoon us shoot or entrap us and make us into oil and candles and seats and stiffening for gowns and umbrellas said the bone in a tone of scorn freddie laughed at the idea and asked how about candles i know about oil and seats and umbrellas but i thought candles were made of wax i can't say much on that point i only know that when a sperm whale is killed they make oil out of the fat part as they do of ours but the sperms have a sort of cistern in their heads full of stuff like cream and rose-colored they cut a hole in the skull and dip it out and sometimes get sixteen or twenty barrels this is made into what you call spermaceti candles we don't have any such nonsense about us but the sperms always were a light-headed set here the bone laughed in a cracked sort of roar which sent freddie flying off the seat onto the grass where he stayed laughing also though he didn't see any joke i beg your pardon child it isn't often that i laugh for i've a heavy heart somewhere and have known trouble enough to make me as sad as the sea is sometimes tell me about your troubles i pity you very much and like to hear you talk said freddie kindly unfortunately we are very easily killed in spite of our size and have various afflictions besides death we grow blind our jaws are deformed sometimes our tails with which we swim get hurt and we have dyspepsia freddie shouted at that for he knew what dyspepsia was because at the seaside there were many sickly people who were always groaning about that disease it's no laughing matter i assure you said the whalebone we suffer a great deal and get thin and weak and miserable i've sometimes thought that's the reason we are blue perhaps as you have no teeth you don't chew your food enough and so have dyspepsia like an old gentleman i know said freddie that's not the reason my cousins the sperms have teeth and dyspepsia also are they blue no black and white but i was going to tell you my troubles my father was harpooned when i was very young and i remember how bravely he died the rights usually run away when they see a whaler coming not from cowardice oh dear no but discretion the sperms stay and fight and are killed off very fast 
for they are a very headstrong family. We fight when we can't help it, and my father died like a hero. They chased him five hours before they stuck him. He tried to get away and dragged three or four boats and sixteen hundred fathoms of line from eight in the morning till four at night. Then they got out another line and he towed the ship itself for more than an hour. There were fifteen harpoons in him. He chewed up a boat, pitched several men overboard and damaged the vessel before they killed him. Ah, he was a father to be proud of. Freddy sat respectfully silent for a few minutes, as the old bone seemed to feel a great deal on the subject. Presently, he went on again. The sperms live in herds, but the rights go in pairs and are very fond of one another. My wife was a charming creature, and we were very happy till one sad day when she was playing with our child, a sweet little whaling only twelve feet long and weighing but a ton. My son was harpooned. His mamma, instead of flying, wrapped her fins round him and dived as far as the line allowed. Then she came up and dashed at the boats in great rage and anguish, entirely regardless of the danger she was in. The men struck my son in order to get her, and they soon succeeded. But even then, in spite of her suffering, she did not try to escape, but clung to little Spouter till both were killed. Alas, alas! Here the poor bone creaked so dismally, Freddy feared it would tumble to pieces and bring the story to an end too soon. Don't think of those sorrowful things, he said. Tell me how you came to be here. Were you harpooned? Not I, for I've been very careful all my life to keep out of the way of danger. I'm not like one of my relations, who attacked a ship, gave it such a dreadful blow that he made a great hole. The water rushed in and the vessel was wrecked. But he paid dearly for that prank. For a few months afterward, another ship harpooned him very easily, finding two spears still in him and a wound in his head. I forgot to mention that the sperms have fine ivory teeth and make ambergris, a sort of stuff that smells very nice and costs a great deal. I give you these little facts about my family as you seem interested, and it's always well to improve the minds of young people. You are very kind, but will you be good enough to tell about yourself? said Freddy again, for the bones seemed to avoid that part of the story, as if he didn't want to tell it. Well, if I must, I must. 
but i'm sorry to confess what a fool i've been you know what coral is don't you no said freddie wondering why it asked then i must tell you i suppose there is a bit in the house there that rough white stony stuff on the table in the parlor it's full of little holes you know well those holes are the front doors of hundreds of little polyps of coral worms who build the great branches of coral and live there they are of various shapes and colors some like stars some fine as a thread and blue or yellow others like snails and tiny lobsters some people say the real coral makers are shaped like little oblong bags of jelly closed at one end the other open with six or eight little feelers like a star all around it the other creatures are boarders or visitors these are the real workers and when they sit in their cells and put out their feelers they make all manner of lovely colors under the water crimson green orange and violet but if they are taken up or touched the coral people go indoors and the beautiful hues disappear they say there are many coral reefs and islands built by these industrious people in the south seas but i can't go there to see and i am contented with those i find in the northern latitudes i knew such a community of coral builders and used to watch them long ago when they began to work it was a charming spot down under the sea for all manner of lovely plants grew there splendid fishes sailed to and fro wonderful shells lay about crimson and yellow prawns long gliding green worms and purple sea urchins were there when i asked the polyps what they were doing and they answered building an island i laughed at them for the idea that these tiny soft atoms could make anything was ridiculous you may roar but you'll see that we are right if you live long enough said they our family have built thousands of islands and long reefs that the sea can't get over strong as it is that amused me immensely but i wouldn't believe it and laughed more than ever it does seem very strange said freddie looking at the branch of coral which he had brought out to examine doesn't it and isn't it hard to believe i used to go now and then to see how the little fellows got on and always found them hard at it for a long while there was only a little plant without leaves growing slowly taller and taller for they always build upward toward the light by and by the small shrub was a tree 
flying fish roosted in its branches sea cows lay under its shadow and thousands of jolly little polyps lived and worked in its white chambers i was glad to see them getting on so well but still i didn't believe in the island story and used to joke them about their ambition they were very good-natured and only answered me wait a little longer friend right i had my own affairs to attend to so for years at a time i forgot the coral workers and spent most of my life up greenland way for warm climates don't agree with my constitution when i came back after a long absence i was astonished to see the tree grown into a large umbrella-shaped thing rising above the water seaweed had washed up and clung there sea-birds had made nests there land-birds and the winds had carried seeds there which had sprung up trunks of trees had been cast there by the sea-lizards insects and little animals came with the trees and were the first inhabitants and behold it was an island what did you say then asked freddy i was angry and didn't want to own that i was wrong so i insisted that it wasn't a real island without people on it wait a little longer answered the polyps and went on building broader and broader foundations i flounced away in a rage and didn't go back for a great while i hoped something would happen to the coral builders and their island but i was so curious that i couldn't keep away and on going back there i found a settlement of fishermen and the beginning of a thriving town now i should have been in a towering passion at this if in my travels i hadn't discovered a race of little creatures as much smaller than polyps as a mouse is smaller than an elephant i heard two men talking about diatoms as they sailed to labrador and i listened they said these people lived in both salt and fresh water and were found in all parts of the world they were a glassy shell holding a soft golden yellow substance and that they were so countless that banks were made of them and that a town here in these united states was founded on them they were the food of many little sea animals who in turn fed us big creatures and were very interesting and wonderful i saved up this story and when the polyps asked if they hadn't done what they intended i told them i didn't think it so very remarkable for the tiny diatoms made cities and were far more astonishing animals than they i thought that would silence them but they just turned round and informed me that my diatoms were plants not animals 
so my story was all humbug then i was mad and couldn't get over the fact that these little rascals had done what we the kings of the sea couldn't do i wasn't content with being the biggest creature there i wanted to be the most skillful also i didn't remember that everything has its own place and use and should be happy in doing the work for which it was made i fretted over the matter a long while and at last decided to make an island myself how could you asked freddy i had my plans and thought them very wise ones i was so bent on outdoing the polyps that i didn't much care what happened and so i went to work in my clumsy way i couldn't pile up stones or build millions of cells so i just made an island of myself i swam up into the harbor yonder one night covered my back with seaweed and lay still on the top of the water in the morning the gulls came to see what it was and pecked away at the weeds telling me very soon that they knew what i was after and that i couldn't gull them all the people on shore turned out to see the wonder also for a fisherman had carried the tidings and everyone was wild to behold the new island after staring and chattering a long while boats came off to examine the mystery loads of scientific gentlemen worked away at me with microscopes hammers acids and all sorts of tests to decide what i was and kept up such a fire of long words that i was most dead they couldn't make up their minds and meanwhile news of the strange thing spread and every sort of person came to see me the gulls kept telling them the joke but they didn't understand and i got on capitally every night i dined and fed and frolicked till dawn then put on my seaweeds and lay still to be stared at i wanted someone to come and live on me then i should be equal to the island of the polyps but no one came and i was beginning to be tired of fooling people when i was fooled myself an old sailor came to visit me he had been a whaler and he soon guessed the secret but he said nothing till he was safely out of danger then he got all ready and one day as i lay placidly in the sun a horrible harpoon came flying through the air and sunk deep into my back i forgot everything but the pain and dived for my life alas the tide was low the harbor bar couldn't be passed and i found hundreds of boats chasing me till i was driven ashore down there on the flats big and strong as we are once out of water 
and we are perfectly helpless. I was soon dispatched, and my bones left to whiten on the sand. This was long ago, and one by one, all my relics have been carried off or washed away. My jawbone has been used as a seat here till it's worn out, but I couldn't crumble away till I'd told someone my story. Remember, child, pride goeth before a fall. Then, with a great creak, the bone tumbled to pieces and found a peaceful grave in the long green grass. End of story nine.